Today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about crafting in isolation. This is episode 25. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very glad that you are here. And if this is your first time, very special welcome to you. Look, this is happening and I think we need to talk about it. We are crafting in isolation. If you're listening to this as it goes to air, it's towards the end of April 2020 and we are in a pandemic. Uh, Whether you prefer to say you are stuck inside or safe at home, wording is up to you. Self-isolation is a thing right now. It's kind of similar to what I talked about in episode 22 about crafting in times of crisis, although this is a little bit different. Sure, we can classify this as a time of crisis. Uh, And I know what you might be thinking, oh, she's going to tell us we should make the most of our time, seize this opportunity and do lots of craft. Well, yes and no, bear with me. I do have a list. 14 things that you as a crafter might find useful right now, but they're only ideas. This list might be equally as useful to you in other situations that aren't pandemic related. Like if you find yourself confined to the house with a broken leg or recovering from surgery or you're taking annual leave or long service leave. So it's not all COVID-19 doom and gloom. If you just don't feel like doing anything. I have some thoughts on that as well. For now though, let's go through the list, starting with the first thing that I did. Number one, make items for essential workers. Now there's a little bit of controversy over the whole face mask thing. If you're online, you've probably seen it. Whether they're safe, whether they're effective, whether they can be used. If you plan on making them for your local vet or doctor or hospital, call them or email them. Ask them if they need them and for exact specs of what they need. And if they say no, ask what else can you do to support them? So just like making items for wildlife carers, it's best to invest our time, our energy, our resources into items that can and will be used, especially items that they desperately need. There's only one way to find that out and that's to ask. So things like Caps and scrubs for hospital teams is a fantastic idea, and there are groups that are coordinating that. But always check first. Uh, Some people are making 3D printed ear savers. It's a plastic strip that people can put across the back of their head, and the face mask's elastic hooks around that instead of around their ears. I imagine that people wearing face masks all day, every day on long shifts have very irritated ears. And I think that this is an extraordinary thing. So if you have a 3D printer and you'd like to make some, check in with your local GP or hospital and see if they can use them. Do your research and have at it. Uh, In my online scrolling one day, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a crochet version of the ear saver. 
It was a crochet strip. It had buttons. Now, I don't have a 3D printer, but I can crochet. And I have a ludicrous number of buttons. But before I went nuts making them, I asked a few nurse friends if they could use them. And overwhelmingly, the answer was no. The use of yarn would mean they couldn't be properly cleaned and sterilized like the 3D printed plastic ones. So while they were pretty and I would find them easy to make and I had the supplies, to do so was going to be a waste of time and a waste of resources. So I'm glad I checked. Always check before you make. Today, I saw a gorgeous post in the Kindness Pandemic group on Facebook. A little girl baked some homemade sausage rolls and she wrote a lovely note and asked her mum to deliver them to the local police station to thank them for being brave and for keeping the community safe. I mean... What a beautiful thing to do. So maybe you don't have a 3D printer or know how to sew surgical caps or scrubs, but if you can bake, there are so many people you could gift with baked goods. Your local frontline and essential workers like uh, doctors, nurses, hospital admin, posties, couriers, truck drivers, police, childcare workers, teachers, vets, retail assistants, more. Of course, there are so many people keeping us running at the moment and they're the ones that I want to be thanking right now. I mean, they've probably been running on adrenaline for weeks, but eventually that wears off and they are going to be worn out. A token of appreciation could be just the thing that they need to keep going. Uh, personally, I decided to make cards to send out to doctors and nurses. I did a blog post about this. Don't die of shock. I actually wrote a blog post with no video and no podcast. I just had an idea of how we could use our card making superpowers to spread a bit of joy. I will link to that blog post in the show notes. Anyway, I sent out a bunch of cards to doctors and nurses, medical teams in local hospitals, as well as my mum's local hospital and the one where I used to live. They took great care of me and our family when we lived out there. And I also, I had cards left over. I, I made a lot. <laughs> and I asked my friends and some of my customers if they knew any doctors or nurses who could use some uplifting words right about now. And every single time I've sent out one of those cards, it seems to land at just the right time when someone's been having a really bad day. Never underestimate the power of a kind word in a handmade card. For the card makers, quite a few stamp companies have released free images that you can use to send out cards to medical staff and first responders. I will link to some of those for you as well. Look, it doesn't have to be a card. A handwritten note on a nice piece of notepaper would work just as well. Number two, art exhibition. It's not what you're thinking. I'm not saying go out to a gallery and breach social protocols. What I was thinking was, how about an art exhibition in your front window or on your balcony or your front lawn? If you're a person who creates large works like big canvas paintings or quilts, or maybe you crochet giant amigurumi or you sew giant plushies, big things that can be easily seen from the footpath, why not put some of your creations on show for your neighbours? Uh, if your neighbourhood is anything like mine, there are people out and about getting their daily exercise. If families have kids out on their bikes to prevent cabin fever. People still need to walk their dogs and the joggers are still jogging. Uh, let's give them something to look at in the front window. My daughter got out a couple of weeks ago and did some chalk drawings on our driveway. And I saw a lot of people walk by, stop and admire her work, and it literally put a smile on their faces. Maybe... 
make a sign with your Instagram handle or your website so people know where to see more of your work and you might just find yourself with some new fans and maybe some customers. Number three, craft for charity. I know we talked about crafting for essential workers, however, this is a little bit different. All those charities that do non-COVID-19 related work, they still need things made for them. Every Angel Gowns organisation, Capes for Kids, Blanket Loves, Wrap With Love, Knitted Knockers, they all still need to do their good work. But with coronavirus dominating the news, they've been forgotten. I mean, it's just like when the fires came along, we forgot about people in drought-stricken areas. And then when the floods came along, we forgot about people who were affected by fires. And now that COVID-19 has come along, we're forgetting about the floods and the fires and the droughts. And these people still need our help and support. So if you are just burned out on this COVID-19 thing and you want to direct your attention elsewhere, I will link to a great directory with a variety of organisations who can use your crafting skills. Number four, level up your craft skills. If you are finding yourself at home and you're a bit bored and you've got a bit of time on your hands or you're feeling restless... This is a great time to do this. You could learn a new technique, a new stitch, a new method, even a whole new craft. There are so many online courses and classes, YouTube videos, and a vast wealth of knowledge available to us on the internet. Crack open that kit, that book, that online course you paid for but never started, and level up your craft skills. Number five, organize your craft supplies. I took about an hour a couple of weeks ago and I organized my paper crafting desk. I had a pile of embellishments and ink pads and stamps and cardstock and paper and stuff (laughs) all piled up in front of my embellishment tubs and consequently I wasn't using the things that were piled up or the things in the tubs. It was a it's a just a jumble. So it had been bugging me for nearly a year. Yes I'm very slack. So I figured I did have a little extra time on my hands because I'm not ordering as much stock in from overseas right now. I figured I would tackle it. So I threw away all the rubbish. I found homes for the new supplies. I was able to rearrange my working desk space more efficiently as well. I ordered some small storage shelves. They're kind of knickknack storage shelves, but they work really great as vertical storage on my desk and it has freed up so much space. So much space on my desk. It looks nice and neat. I can see everything at a glance and I can get to it really, really easily. That time that I invested in tidying was really well spent because me, I always feel more creative with a tidy workspace. Sure, I have not done a proper cull, but when I make time for that, it's going to be easier because I can get to everything now. I will link to episode 12. That was about organizing your craft supplies, as well as episode seven, should you condo your craft. Uh, The beauty here of organizing your supplies is that it's kind of like a treasure hunt. And next time you sit down to craft, you can spend more time making something and less time searching for that thing that you can't find. Number six, finish things. I cannot be the only person with unfinished craft projects. My notorious Mario quilt, for example, I will get to it. I'm determined to finish it this year. If you started something, now is the time to take it out, have a really good look at it and decide if you are going to finish it. Now, if you're excited to finish it, grab everything you need 
and get going. And if you look at it and realize you no longer love it or you no longer need to finish it, well, that's okay too. Bag it, tag it, send it off to the op shop, sell it, give it away, whatever. If you're done with it, out of the house, move on to the next thing that does light you up. Look, even if you don't have time to finish a project that you want to do now, uh, take it out, make some notes, get all the supplies together, do a shopping list if you need to, and then put it all together so that when you do have the time to work on it, it's easy to pull it out and just get going. Making decisions on unfinished projects, it is very, very freeing. Number seven, teach somebody your craft. If you have kids, chances are you have heard the phrase, I'm bored more than once in the last month or so. Uh, why not teach your kids how to do your favorite craft? Heck, why not sit down and learn something new, all of you together? It can be a great bonding time. When I tell people I'm a professional crafter or a craft teacher, most of them instantly assume I mean kids craft. I actually don't teach kids classes now, but I used to a long time ago. And I do have a few tips for crafting with kids, uh, starting with let go of perfection. <laughs> it does not have to be perfect. It has to be fun. Also, don't use your best supplies. Maybe let them at your B-team supply box. Here's the thing. When your kids look back on the time spent crafting with you, do you want them to remember how they didn't do it right and mum got cross? Or do you want them to remember that mum was encouraging and you all laughed a lot and made some fun memories together? Wouldn't it be nice if the stories that your kids tell about the 2020 pandemic include good times with mum doing craft or nan or auntie or, or dad or whoever they're doing the craft with? I know that craft brings me a lot of joy probably brings you a lot of joy and hopefully it will bring them a lot of joy in their adult lives as well. Making it fun is key. Now, don't think I assume you all have kids. Maybe you don't have kids or maybe your kids just are not interested in learning craft. I mean, maybe your 18 month old isn't handy with a crochet hook, but you may have family or friends or co-workers, acquaintances, neighbours who would like to learn what you do. There are lots of crafts that you can teach over Zoom. Crochet is one of them. It's very easy to hold something up to your webcam and show someone how to do it and then watch them as they do it and then correct them as you go along. Teaching classes is one of my favourite things to do, but I can't do that at my local store right now. So teaching online classes is something I would like to find the time to do. Number eight, do a challenge. Oh my goodness, there are challenges everywhere on blogs, Facebook pages and groups, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, any social media, anywhere on the internet. You can probably find a challenge in your crafting area, your favourite craft. A challenge could be just a thing to shake you out of your crafting funk. Bring back a little of your missing mojo. By the way, I will also link to episode six, which is about lost craft mojo. Challenges can be awesome. You may see something that someone else has made and go, oh, I really like that product. Did not think I needed it. Now I think I need it. Or oh, that technique looks great. I think I'd like to learn that, which takes us back to number four, learning a new thing. So doing a challenge could be not only a great way to pass the time, but also a great way to upskill. Number nine, craft socially via Zoom. If you have not heard of Zoom, it is a video conferencing kind of software thing that you access online, kind of like FaceTime, 
and you can have multiple people on a video call all at once. What a wonderful way to pass the time in a quiet day crafting with other people that could be nearby, they could be all over the country, they could be all over the world. I mean, you could be learning things and chatting with other crafters. Oh, how divine. Zoom is um, pretty easy to use. You do need to download software to your computer or to your phone. It does require internet, obviously. You click a link that the host sends. Sometimes you might need to enter a code or password, and then you join in a virtual craft session, which is very cool. You can turn on video and audio. You can have it on, you can have it off. Depends what you're comfortable with. And there's a chat box where you can type in questions and chat with people if you, you know, via text and typing rather than talking if you're more comfortable with that. Look, there are other virtual meeting spaces like Eyes On and Meet Fox and all that kind of thing, but they pretty much all work the same way. Number 10, catch up on your favourite crafty YouTubers. If you've been wishing you had time to catch up on all those videos from your favourite YouTubers, now is the time. That is it. It is now. I give you permission to do this guilt-free. When I was overseas in January, I had the flu. It wasn't wasn't the nasty flu. It was regular flu. Uh, And I was laid up in my hotel room in New York for two whole days. Uh, Maybe it was three days. I don't know. I was pretty sick. There were all these things I wanted to do and I wanted to see. I literally couldn't. I had just been to Creativation. I'd met some of my favorite craft YouTubers like Laura Basson and Jennifer McGuire and Mary Polanco and a bunch of others. So I took the opportunity uh, to catch up on all the videos that they'd made that I had missed and, and wished I'd been able to watch. So you have my permission to go and binge watch craft videos on YouTube. Number 11, break up with a craft. Oh, I bet you weren't expecting that one. Yes. From time to time, we have a craft that we used to love, but now it just sits there making us feel guilty because we don't love it anymore. And if you're stuck at home, now might be the time to take a good hard look at those craft supplies and decide if you really are going to use them again. Do you get excited thinking about this craft or have you learned what you wanted to learn? Did it bring great things into your life? You kind of know it in your heart before you accept it in your head, this giving up a craft thing. But there's sometimes this moment where you realize, I'm just done with this craft and it's okay to break up with it. Sure, it might be painful and you have to get rid of some stuff that reminds you of them. Thank it for its contribution to your life. Bag it, tag it, move it on out when isolation is over. Breaking up is part of life and there is a new craft out there just waiting for you to fall in love with it. Number 12, take an online class or course. Even though I am still quite busy and I don't have loads of free time on my hands, I did want to take this time to learn something new. So a couple of weeks ago, I bought an iPad and an Apple Pencil and this drawing program called Procreate. Yes, I'm using it for a business project and I'm actually hoping to use the iPad for some video editing because I'm having troubles with my computer. But it's also for my kids to use. They are fantastic artists and my youngest daughter has been drawing up a storm on that thing I hardly get to touch it actually we've been watching lots of videos on YouTube to learn how to use it and use the procreate program and I'll admit I was feeling a little bit left out I am the only person in my house who's not good at drawing so I signed up for a cartooning class. It's online, it's delivered by video, it has templates I can use and homework and assignments. 
I really liked the format and I picked it up when it was on sale. I found this guy on YouTube. His name is Brad Colbow or Colbo. I'll link to his channel for you, his YouTube channel, as well as the course, just in case that's something that you want to do. I'm only about a third of the way through it, but I'm really enjoying it. I come up with a little cute character and I can redraw him without thinking too hard. I just learned to do facial expressions and I'm loving it. I also think that right now it's important to support your local craft store, your craft teacher, if they are running online classes or they launch a virtual course during this pandemic. By supporting them in new ways during isolation, chances are they will still be in business when it's over with lovely stores for us to visit and shop in and take lessons in. So let's support our craft teachers now and take one of their lessons. Number 13, take stock of your supplies and shop online. Yes, you heard me right. I just said shop. Look, part of organising and culling your supplies is also figuring out what you actually need. I talked about it in episode 20, setting up a craft planner. I'll link to that one in the show notes as well. Take stock. Have a look. If you've been crafting up a storm, go and look at your supplies. Do you need some more adhesive? Have you run out of white thread? Make a list of the things that you need for your next project or the one you're working on now. Do your shopping online. And if your local store is doing click and collect and you're comfortable with that, Do that and support your local independent craft stores. Number 14, prepare for Christmas. Look, I know it's April. Christmas is a long way off and who knows how we'll even be allowed to do Christmas in 2020. But now is the time you can start preparing. You know, all those years you were thinking, oh, maybe I'll make quilts for the nieces and the nephews or the grandkids for my sister for Christmas. Well, we have tons of time. And now would be the time to start preparing. At the very least, give it some thought. Sit, make a cuppa, make some lists, make some Christmas cards, make your Christmas tags. Get the kids involved in potato printing on brown wrapping paper and let it dry. Roll it up and you are ready to go. This might be the year for your dream handmade Christmas. Yes, I talked about handmade Christmas in episode 19. I'll link that as well. So many links. Do some work now. Make notes in your diaries, your calendar, your phone wherever you keep these things, your pre-Christmas box, you'll know what that is if you've listened to episode 19. Do note where you put all these things. That way, you're going to have more time for the fun stuff at Christmas because a lot of that stuff that you might normally rush around doing, you've already done. So that is 14 things. But here are two more very important suggestions. Do something. You might be doing it for yourself, your family, your neighbours, your community, for charity, for Christmas. Maybe you're helping, you're teaching, you're passing the time, you're distracting yourself. Doing something can make you feel like you're being useful, being productive, being smart with your time. Lots of people are doing things, learning a new language, upskilling for work, looking for work, baking up a storm. Some to relieve boredom, some have a thirst for learning and others from pure necessity overwhelmingly the media is suggesting things that we can do. Maybe one of the things on my list will appeal to you as a crafter. But on the flip side of that coin, my other suggestion is do nothing. Maybe you have been flat out busy for months or years or decades. Maybe right now the thought of doing something just makes you want to cry. Right now you might need to stop to rest, recharge, Make decisions, ask for help, accept help, 
think deep thoughts or just tune out. Doing nothing could be what you need. And if it is, then no guilt allowed. If you need a break from being constantly busy, take that break. Look, here's the thing. We are all going to handle self-isolation differently. Whether you're in a stable place in life or everything is falling apart, the way you handle it will be different to the next person in the same circumstances. There are so many people telling us what we should be doing, but honestly, you're the only one who has insight into what will work for you and for your household. Change is hard and we are all going to have a bunch of emotions and feelings and they will probably swing wildly from week to week and day to day, maybe hour to hour. There will be stress and grief and irritation as well as joy and laughter and special moments. I know some days I want to make beautiful things, send cards to nurses, give chocolate bars to check out chicks and put a teddy bear in my window for the kids walking past with their mum and dad. Other days, I want to do precisely zip in my pyjamas under a blanket watching the same thing I've already watched 18 times on Netflix. Hello, Sugar Rush and the Hitman's Bodyguard. Look, if you love something on my list and you think it will be helpful, fantastic. If not, hey, they're just suggestions. We may all be in this together, but you need to do what you need to do to get through, whether that is embracing your craft or just putting it down for a minute. I hope that you will listen to your heart and to your mind and to your gut and do the thing that you need right now so that you come out of this strong and well and healthy and happy. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.